the two most important things um, are, you know, like learn how. So however that is for you. And for me, it was Skibli because, you know, they teach you how to, you know, write a query and, you know, what's what makes a good agent and uh, and then what editors are looking for and how to correctly format a manuscript and all those little details. Um, and then just simply reading, like read as many stories in the genre that you want to write for as you can. Like, like literally, you know, read until, you know, like I passed out on a pile of picture books. You may contribute a verse. I'm Josh Monken, father, science communicator, and kidlet author, joined by my co-host, Brenna Jennerett, outdoors mom and kidlet author, and our editor, John Seymour, who is a father data scientist and kidlet author. Among us, we have a lot of honorifics. If you've been stomping around the prehistoric kidlet jungles or reading to kids for any length of time, chances are pretty good that you've come across this week's guest. Amy Dykman loves squirrels uses lots of emojis in her tweets, usually has bright hair to match her effusive and bright personality, and has written a bunch of wonderful and humorous picture books. You may have read some of Amy Dykeman's works even before you knew it was an Amy Dykeman original. From lions and dandelions, to horrible bears, to porcupines contemplating the meaning of life, to children literally raised by wolves, to dinosaurs, her career has covered a lot of hilarious ground so far. Make sure you check out her April 2023 release, a collaboration with illustrator Jen Harney called How Dinosaurs Went Extinct, A Safety Guide. It does not disappoint. The stars have aligned for this week's episode. Who are we kidding? We align the stars on purpose. As we're proud to celebrate and amp up the upcoming Justin Colon-led Kidlet Hive webinar, featuring none other than Amy Dykeman herself. In this 90-minute Inside the Kidlet Studio session, author Amy and illustrator Jen Harney will deep dive into their collaboration, the aforementioned How Dinosaurs Went Extinct, a safety guide, peeling back the curtain on what it was like to co-create this hilarious take on dinosaur safety, revealing some behind-the-scenes process, and including how Amy and Jen came to certain decisions for the book. We all hope for multi-book deals. Well, what about multi-webinar deals? Amy and Jen's session on May 16th is just the first in the Kidlet Hive's Inside the Kidlet Studio webinar series with authors and illustrators from across the industry at a special and eye-popping $9.99. Make sure and do yourself and your Kidlet education a favor and join in on May 16th. Justin's Kidlet Hive offerings are universally accessible, affordable, and inclusive. Make sure you tune into Amy and Jen's session and everything else the Kidlet Hive has to offer at kidlithive.com. K-I-D-L-I-T-H-I-V-E.com. Without further ado, here is Amy Dykeman's verse. I, I actually did. I'm like, I'm like, I have to officially go to bed. So I went to bed. Oh, I actually, you know what? You'd be, you guys would be so proud of me. I tried this whole like routine. I'm like, I have to get some real sleep. And so I sat down and I was working on a puzzle and it was all chill. And then it occurred to me, I'm like, oh, I haven't checked my email. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think I checked my email at like five o'clock, like five, five, 10 say. Okay. So I'm like, oh, I realized I didn't check my email. Cause you know, sometimes in publishing world, people will put out like, you know, like little, email 
emails and stuff at the end of the day. And I'm like, oh, I guess I didn't make, make sure everything was chill. Like before I, it was evening time. And so last night I'm like already puzzling. It's like 9 30, 10 o'clock and I'm getting all calm. I'm like, oh, I should check my email. And I did. And I got the greatest news, like the greatest publishing news. Like this, I can't see anything yet because we haven't announced the deal. But, oh. Um, but, but, oh yeah. Yeah. But oh, well, no, like the deal was already like, yay, we're going to make this book. And I'm like, yay. Okay, cool. And then my editor wrote and the illustrator that we were both hoping would say yes for the project officially said yes. And then oh. I was like so excited and completely blew all of my preparation for going to sleep. Right. I'm like running around the room and I'm like screaming. And, and so that was cool. But, uh, but then after that, like I actually did finally get some sleep. So here we are well, guys, we are here on the podcast. First of all, that's so exciting and congratulations and thank you for sharing your thank news you. with us. That is very exciting. Yes. I am excited well, to I congratulate with you officially we when we know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I don't really know what we're talking about, so yes, <laughs> right? exactly. so that's fair. Me so too. just congratulations on your email. That's right. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm so excited. I, this is an illustrator I've been wanting to work with for a very long time. So everything just kind oh. of magically came together. And so uh, it's not it's not as I imagine it. The new kid has more fleas. No, no, it's not. It's not a sequel. This is a new one. This is this is a new, very wacky story, which is um, which is like a really good point for everyone who's like, like, hey, let's write stories. Like, don't self censor at all. Like, take you know, if you're like, this is really weird. You know what? Really weird can still be a book. So go for it. Can like, you, you're talking to the can, right podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you are. That is me and Josh. Can you? Amy, can you share who the editor was for this for this new wacky book? I'm just interested because, you know, you're trying to find that one person who's like, I get your voice. You're you're insane. Like I'm insane too. Like let's do this book right. together, right? So like please share yeah, the name. Yeah. I, okay, I think I can do that because we already have a project that we've announced. So this is going to be okay. our second project together. So this editor okay. is Kelsey Skia uh, at Amazon Kid, you know, the Amazon's own publishing imprint oh, um, our publishing okay. house uh so two lions i guess is the official like two lions amazon um and she's phenomenal she's she's so good we had the, like the best phone chat about like editing and ideas and and oh. how, what direction do we take this story so um yeah so we're doing we're doing this phenomenally funny book of called uh silly boobies a love story and it's about blue-footed boobies and red-footed boobies those type of boobies um and yeah and it's it's i cannot believe you got that into a picture book well done done. (laughs) the title's a little goofy i do love my goofy titles so i also have a little board book called um touchy the octopus touches everything and we uh, that was a five dollar bet you did oh you read touchy yay yay cool so that was a five dollar bet we're like this is never gonna actually go through like you know all of the channels but it did and and of course it's about like keeping our hands to ourselves and not touching everything in the universe for various reasons because things could be harmful or you could you know make a great big mess or you could you know unintentionally mess up something that somebody's been working on etc it's about like being a good little human but just the the 
title alone was kind of funny, but he's an octopus. He has like, you know, it's so hard just to keep like two hands to yourself. So imagine if you were a little person <laughs> and you had eight hands that you're constantly like trying. But anyway, so I do love my funny titles. Um, yeah, so Silly Boobies, a love story. But it's actually, it's there's there's so many more messages in it than just like the geeky title. It's, it's about um, like loving and accepting and, you know, I can be different from you and you can be different from me and we could still be friends. We could still have you know fall in love we can still you know our our families can love each other even if we're all like completely different um and there's there's a little bit of a political thing because it's red-footed boobies and blue-footed boobies and you know it's like oh just, everybody just love each other come on <laughs> i so, love um, it i love it yeah yeah so that will be fun um so that was our first project and then um and then we just signed up another project and yes and we just got oh and, the, and christopher wyatt who does like all the amazing you know you you are not small all, like all those books and, and everything else. He, he's also a brilliant political cartoonist and everything. He's the illustrator for the Boobies book. And um, I'm so, I was like screaming again, like to get him. I was like, are you serious? No way. You have to do this. This is fabulous. Um, it was just always the best email or the best phone call ever. You know, well, I mean, I guess, I guess signing up the project is also pretty great because then it can happen. But then when you hear that you got like this phenomenal illustrator that you've you always wanted to imagine what it's going to look like. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, totally. And then you start going through like all their, their art and you're like, oh, you know, let's see, like maybe it'll be like this. But it's always, it's always a big surprise and it's always the greatest thing. And it's always a thousand times better than you ever imagined. Um, especially like I, 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 okay, illustrators are magicians, right? Because I don't know how you have the idea that then comes out through the hand. Like I can do that, but only with words, right? Like the, nothing I draw ever looks anything remotely like, like literally if it was like life and death situation, you have to draw this so that it looks like this thing and be like, I'm sorry, we're all dead. Uh, you know, it just would not work at all. And it just amazes me every day that like illustrators can do that. It's like this totally special thing it's, totally. it's like connecting. agreed agreed yes magical universe all that stuff so yeah so that was so anyway so i did try very hard to get a very peaceful night's sleep but then like good news happened and then i was like a crazy i mean person, so. who can blame you i appreciate who you bringing it, bringing it back around to the original uh yeah the original question like, about getting a good 10 sleep. minutes later i remember <laughs> what we were talking about so um yay so a podcast it was funny i was like okay so I I know it's just audio, but you also said that there would be video, and I can see you guys, which is very fun. Yes. I see Josh's very fun mug, which is a I know I can't stop staring at hilarious. it. Yeah, it's great. I, I love that. I love that. I am all about all things Halloween. I just yesterday took down all of our Halloween decorations, which made me sad. So this I had is... immediately put up some like Thanksgiving decorations. So I was not kind of bummed out, but I was gonna... Halloween's the best. So. I was going to ask you about your epic Halloween celebrations because you had told me when we first got in touch, you were like, look, I can't do anything else oh. in October. I'm so sorry. Like, my family loves Halloween. We have to celebrate. Like, I just can't. And I was like, okay, that's yeah. cool. I respect that. I totally respect yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And I apologize that we had to, like, like bump it later. But, yeah, no, no, Halloween time is, like, like the biggest deal here. So we did – I can't even count how many – you know, you run through cornfields with zombies chasing you. And you, you know, like, like clown house. And, yeah, we did so many this year. I was so happy because 
because sometimes it gets very rained out or like anything. Like, um, I'm not even sure, like we're from Jersey. So we're in like beautiful central New Jersey, which is actually like, like a lot of big open spaces and farmlands and stuff. So we have like the, you know, the haunted hayrides and the, you know, like, yeah. like literally every farm in the area does like a big old haunted house thing, which is wonderful. I'm so happy that like all the farms have been like, Hey, you know what? There are some months where maybe we can't grow as many crops. So we're going to do like all kinds of other fun things to like bring in folks and have lots of fun. And so we hit the, as many of those as we can. And of course we, our local theme park, we have a six flags near us. And so we, they do like a big fright fest and we, we hit that like awesome. several times and everything. I mean, yeah, we're very, very into Halloween, which is hilarious because I've never done a spooky book. I've never done a Halloween book yet, which is kind oh, of what? crazy. Amy, come on. Come on. I know, right? You, it'll, it'll hit someday. It'll hit someday. But that's how books are, right? It's like all the things that you love in your life, you know, they trickle down into into your writing, right? Like um, very Sometimes it takes robust. a while to write write what you read or write what you live, though, too. Right. That's or write true. What sometimes, you love. Yeah. yeah, sometimes so close that you're like oh this is this is mine and then books are are like your other world you know totally but, um, yeah you keep that separate for a while yeah until one day it just sort of clicks and you're like oh <laughs> oh I should I should capitalize on this other part of my life yeah we talked we've talked about that a couple of different times I coincidentally I work in farming I don't work with the people that make corn oh, mazes right. uh, but That's I, awesome. I never, outside of my day job I've never written a thing uh involving food <laughs> wow that's so Thank you. Thank you for making food. Food is good. <laughs> I, I help farmers make food. Yeah, yeah. I help that's farmers awesome. communicate about making food. Yeah. That's great. Wow. That's such a cool day job. Awesome. Thank awesome. You know what? It, it's so funny how many cool day jobs writers have had like on their, their writing journey. You know what I mean? Like you never know what's going to bring you to writing. But I, I think it's almost like the more like unusual jobs you accumulate up to it, it, like everything funnels in and everything helps you see the world in a different ways. So if you've had all these like unique work experiences, experiences prior it really it really I think helps boost and round out everything you write but for sure does that yeah. apply to you too oh for sure yeah ask. yeah I had I had like a bazillion weird jobs um so I was a costumed character for a while like you know you see the people like in theme parks or walking around or outside stores like welcome it's our grand opening and yeah so I, I did that for a bit and it's it's fun it's it's really hard work like please be nice to your mascots and your people and you know your costumes characters because it's rough oh. you're like in four inches of like black fur and it's like 115 degrees oh out gosh. or something and yeah yeah it's it's, a it's rough not job, halloween it's right yeah right. yeah the kid kiddos love it like that's the best little guys run right up to you the problem is like sometimes those things don't have the best visibility so you're like yay little kids and also i hope i don't knock them down you know <laughs> or I, do, I hope yeah. i don't cause a viral sensation by ignoring the wrong kid <laughs> oh right right no yeah no it, it is difficult to see inside for sure but and you want to give everybody love the the worst though are like uh like you get people that are like hey i'm gonna like impress my girlfriend and like gotta pick on this duck and you're like don't pick oh, on me i'm a duck what are you doing <laughs> yeah right how impressive uh, yeah, can so that be come on buddy <laughs> 
<laughs> right, right, exactly. But yeah, so I did the costume character thing. Um, I did the I did the working with little kids thing. Um, I which I loved. I was a substitute teacher at a school that was infants through eighth graders, and so I was like wow. literally like the on call substitute. So I would show up every day, and if nobody was sick, which was a miracle, I would work in the office. But if like someone was out sick or they had a vacation day, I would go to the classroom and you know not. 9.9 times out of 10, I was in the classroom for the day. And so I got to see everybody from babies to eighth graders. And, and you never knew where you were going to work one day to the next. And it was amazing. It was like the best time and learning all about kids and what they like and what they read and what they enjoy and what they do and what they think and how they act and, and all their little mannerisms and everything. And I adored it. But I found out I had like zero immunity and I was sick every single weekend, oh, which yeah. was a yeah. real bummer. Like, like by, by Friday, I'm like, <clears throat> this is horrible. And then we'd like have to stay home and I'd be sick. And my husband's like, honey, I'm really worried about you. Like, this is not kicking in. And they say if you give it a year and you're still coming up sick, that you're just gonna. Like, you're just going to be the magnet for everything. Especially if you're a substitute and you're going into a classroom where somebody was probably sick. And then, you know, so, um, yeah, so I had to give that up. But then I went to the other side of the spectrum and I worked with professors. So I worked at a think tank, actually. Um, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I know, right? It's really weird. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to go from toddlers to, you know, like, like Nobel laureates, literally. Not a lot of difference, surprisingly, like in terms of like their focus, you know what I mean? Like that, that came out all yeah. completely wrong. But like, yeah. you know, like, like little guys, they get so focused on whatever it is that like totally rocks their universe. And the same for like these, like, you know, like, like Einstein like characters, right? That are like, yeah. you know, like this is this is like what I've devoted my, you know, 40 years of industry study, you know, all that too. Um, and it was really kind of funny, the similars of the like intensity of what they were into. It was really cool. But yeah, so I went from like little guys to like big professors and stuff. Um, and I've I've done all kinds of weird odd jobs too. That um, runs the gamut though. Yeah, honestly. yeah. But it all funnels into writing. Yeah, well, I've just workshopped a free picture book idea for whoever ends up listening to this and wants to take it. It's called Think Tank. It's a bunch oh! of costume characters that come together inside a fish tank that dress up like fish, and they want to uh, learn and come up with solutions to the world's problems. Right on, right on. Hey, take it. Like I said, there's there's no idea too wacky. There's no idea too weird. Yeah, right. There's no, there's no. Oh, I was just goofing because. It can totally be a book. Um, one of my best-selling books, actually, um, You Don't Want a Unicorn, and then the sequel, You Don't Want a Dragon. Um, you Don't yes. Want a Unicorn started as an April Fool's prank on my agent, actually, because he oh, was what? against... Yes, he didn't want any unicorn stories. He, like for a while, he literally had it on his website. He's like, no unicorn stories. So I'm like, eh. So yeah, so I totally started writing a unicorn story as a joke, especially again, goofy title, right? You don't want a unicorn. And, um, and then yeah, I started writing I'm like, oh, wait, I really like this. I want this to be a book. And then I'm like, uh, hey, Scott, I got something for you. Check this, this out. This is He's going like, from hey, goof you. to gem. Yeah, right. I know, right? And it, it, it actually worked. He's like, okay. <laughs> so, and then That's it went awesome. on. 
Yeah. So that's why I say like, like all of the pitches too, like all of the PB pitch you see on Twitter and the, the cookie pitch and all of these, I'm always like, you guys, you know what? Like don't ever discount something that you think just starts as a goof. And in fact, jo- Mr. Josh, you had the best. I just saw this last night. I was like, oh my God. I know, that's I saw you trolling my like any you know like what's going on and and everything but oh my god it was the the pet pets now that you idea you had about pets that just like i want attention now i think that's brilliant you should absolutely run with that so do it all right encouragement just came up with a real gem yesterday too when he was home with his sick daughter which i will not share here because well we could i guess we could just edit it out but it's it's a great it's a it's so good. Genius. It wouldn't be the first time we we bleeped See? an idea. It's it's Dracula. It's a vampire pencil. Oh my gosh! Do yeah. it. Who lives, he, in he lives in Pennsylvania? Pennsylvania. All right. So oh my smart. God. Isn't that smart? Yes. I'm. I, he sent it to me and was like, "I just came up with this idea." And I was like, "Oh my god! Why has nobody thought of that before?" It's genius. Absolutely. We're here to Go talk about it. your wonderful ideas, though. Yeah. <laughs> oh what? Oh, okay. No, I- <laughs> Listen, listen, talking about books is for everybody's ideas, okay? So I want to hear, I want to hear everybody's ideas. I don't want to just talk about my ideas. I know where they are. They're in my brain. They, they're, <laughs> yeah, they're always <laughs> right. <laughs> so Amy, how did you, how did you get into picture books in the first place? Like, I know you've been writing for a while, but have you, were you, have you always uh-huh. been a writer and then you just sort of like oh. found picture books or like, how was that? Like, how did you come to that? I have no idea. Yeah. So I've always loved writing and I've always loved like writing something to make somebody laugh is like the best feeling ever. Right. But you know, like you're, you're, you're in your teen years and you're discussing like possible career options and everybody on the planet literally lined up and said, you will starve. Like, you know, you know, like writing is hard, you know, like, like maybe yeah. find an option that will actually, you know, purchase food. And so, um, so I kind of, put that idea aside and I did you know like I said like other things right um and but it always was kind of like the idea in my head and then when I did work at the at the school like I mentioned uh that was my very favorite time of day uh which was you know like circle time and I you know I was like I was like you know little teeny junior teacher there right you know I'm like the substitute teacher and so when the when the bigger teachers I will say uh were like planning lessons and stuff they'd be like would you mind reading and I'm like oh no not I'm like I wouldn't mind at all this is fabulous I love it so you sit all cross-legged on the little you know on the little rug there's always a little rug right and everyone <laughs> sits in a circle and you've got littles climbing in your lap and you know everybody wants to see the pictures and and I'm like this is literally magic and I could do that all day long my bet the best day was when you only needed to sub for like a little bit and everybody's story times lined up so I do story time at one class and then I'd go oh. to another class and do more story time more story time. I'm like this is phenomenal and some of the stories were classic stories that I remember from my childhood because you can't you know you walk into any classroom and you're gonna see like the old classics you know as well as like the, the new stuff and so some of these I was familiar with some of them I wasn't and everybody has that little gap where like you know when you were a kid and you kind of 
for one reason or another, you personally phased out of reading picture books because like maybe then you're reading chapter books and, you know, mid-grade books and like bigger books and stuff. And then so you have this wonderful gap of like a few to maybe several years, depending of books that you've never seen before because they came out when, you know, you weren't little when they came out. And then I so then I'm reading to kids. I'm discovering all these brand new books that I'd never seen before that, you know, maybe they were from like, you know, the 80s when I was already reading like bigger books or something you know and or the 90s or before when I had my kid and you know and I'm like these are phenomenal and then you start doing the funny voices and everybody's laughing and I'm like this is the greatest time and I want to do this for the rest of my life so I was like well okay so how does one become a writer especially you know an author of picture books um and so I asked my smartest friend I know who's Google. And, and Google said, <laughs> join the Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators. So I did. So that was like in 2008, 2009-ish. Uh, I joined, I call it Skibwe. Everybody pronounces it differently, the acronym, but I call it Skibwe. So I joined Skibwe and I went to as many um, events as I could. So we had, especially first page sessions, love first page sessions where they get like an editor and an agent or maybe two editors or two agents. And you get to read the first page of, uh, you know, of a manuscript, you're like one typewritten first page. And then they'll say, Oh yes, I would, if I, this came across my plate, I would definitely want to read more, or this is how I think it could be stronger, etc. And I took notes and I read and read and read, and I basically moved into our library. So we, we were blessed to have a really good public library in our town, really great picture book collection. And so I would go to the library and I would sit down on the ground and I would read a shelf and I would check out 50 books, which was the maximum. And then when my daughter was born, I got a, a, a not a credit card in her name, a, a library <laughs> card in her name, and I would check out 50 more books. And so every night we'd come up and then we'd just like sit on the floor and we'd read picture books and, and you know, and I'm just like, you know, notes, 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 and doing skibby events and writing and like started getting all these ideas. And that's kind of how it happened. Um, and then again, I can't praise skibby enough. So um, we had a, a phenomenal chapter in central Jersey and we would do events all the time. And that's how I met my agent and got my agent. Um, and I met my four of my first editors, I think, through directly through like Skibby events. So, oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, it was it was absolutely instrumental in, in figuring it out and meeting people and just learning the ropes and the process. And, and there we go. So I absolutely encourage it, you know, anybody who's interested in, in doing that to, you know, the, the two most important things um, are, you know, like learn how. So however that is for you. And for me, it was Skibwe because, you know, they teach you how to, you know, write a query and, you know, what's what makes a good agent and, uh, uh. and then what editors are looking for and how to correctly format a manuscript and all those little details. Um, and then just simply reading, like read as many stories in the genre that you want to write for as you can. Like, like literally, you know, read until, you know, like I passed out on a pile of picture books, like do that, you know, like as much as you can. out of the library. <laughs> <laughs> exactly and you know yeah. but, uh, okay so you don't have to read every day you know but read as much as you can especially so that you kind of see what works and then remember your books don't have to be like everybody else but if you want your stories to become books they also do have to sell so I always say no ideas too wacky but then writing writing the wacky 
is fantastic for making the story, but then you also have to know like, what can the market do? And and, and it's okay if you totally. are willing to go like, look, I understand not every project idea is going to sell. Like I have, I have a bunch that, you know, it's like, this one might've been a little too out there, you know, and it, and it just doesn't become, uh, doesn't become a book in the market, but it is a book in your head and you wrote it, you had fun, you learned something from it. And you always see little bits of anything you write, like that kind of filter into other projects too. So, so never throw true. anything away. Yeah. Yeah. We, we just had the same, the same type of conversation with Justin Cologne last oh, week. Justin! Lord knows how this is going to like show up in the chronology of when, when these things come out, but this notion of every writing experience being a positive learning experience point in video game terms um, for your career <laughs> is really, it's a valuable perspective for sure. Yes. Even if it doesn't totally. sell. It totally is. And yeah. you'd be surprised. Again, really, you know what? Like, if you sit down and you go, let's have some fun. Let's teach a thing, hopefully. Let's show kids being kids. You know what I mean? Let's pull it all together and maybe do something that hasn't been done before. And you'd be surprised how many of those can actually come together and be books. So um, my next book is totally like that. Like, I, I'm, I'm like, is this too weird? Is this going to work? And man, this one this one almost knocked me flat. This was this was a challenging book to do. So the one I talked about, uh, this is so silly. Like, I'm used to doing video things. So I actually started getting props and then I'm like, wait a minute, nobody's going to see any visuals. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Look, so the illustrations are by Jen Harney and you've never, like, this is the funniest thing I've ever seen. Like, it's just, it's, she's, she's brilliant. She absolutely knocked it right out of the park in terms of like, just hilarity and and kid trueness and everything so imagine if you will like i think we have 25 maybe different dinosaurs that you see at least parts of and their names and and everything doing all the crazy things that we always tell kids not to do okay so it's a safety guide in that if you don't want to go extinct don't do what the dinosaurs did okay and so how <laughs> idea for this i'm like can i make this work and oh oh and here's the kicker you guys it's a rhymer so how do you take all these dinosaur names which are four billion different like you know syllables and and actually pull together sentences that actually rhyme this one like i was literally burning dinners like every night because all i could do was think about this story and i had like little scraps of paper everywhere and i'm like walking around the house syllables and I'm like constantly referencing like you know dino guides and then oh no like you know they change the names of dinosaurs like scientists can do that even after they <laughs> named a dinosaur they can change it and like totally mess with your whole story I'm like this should not be allowed <laughs> and, and then like, like some places in the world they they say the dinosaur names differently so when you're trying to pull together like a pronunciation guide you're like oh no do we do it with the you know the way they do it here or the way they do it here or what's the real way and then so you listen to the word like brontosaurus like 2000 times in a day and your neighbors are like what's going on in your house cuz all you hear is the same person Brontosaurus, Brachiosaurus, Bronto you know, it's like, it's nuts, right? People think you're going insane. Um, but yeah, no, that, that was an example of like, look, this idea is not too wacky. Just, just sit down and... You, you know, don't have any... Rhyme. You don't have any other rhyming books out, right, Amy? Do you have Ooh, any others that rhyme? That's correct. So this was my first one, and I did not know that I could rhyme. I always felt very self-conscious yeah. about being a rhymer. Um, yeah. In fact, the... The 
so you all know Josh Funk, right? Of course, like everybody knows. Like, yes, yes. So he actually asked me at one point. I I adore Josh. I think he's brilliant. Okay, and he'd asked. I'm going to pull that quote out for my own use. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, all Josh's are brilliant, of course, right? (laughs) yeah. So, um, so he'd asked like, you know, would I want to review one of his, um, I think it was like the second or third one in this hugely successful series. Right. Um, and, uh, and I was, I was like really reluctant to do it because I'm like, well, I'm not a rhymer and I don't think anybody would take like my endorsement, like seriously because they're like but she doesn't even rhyme so how would she know it's a good book and I I had like so much self-doubt about rhyming which was weird because normally you know I I try at least to look at self-doubt and go you know like I don't believe in you self-doubt go away um but I yeah I felt really like self-conscious about it and um so but it but I just kept whittling away at it. And finally, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is working. And then, oh my gosh, this is clicking. And oh my gosh, this is actually coming together. This is really fun. And oh my gosh, wow. And so there we are. And then, um, so that'll be my first rhyming book. And then just playing around, I, I did... Uh, another book in rhyme, an early, re- I'm, I'm like all about early readers now too. So picture books and early readers, they're both very, very fun. Um, and so I have a new series coming out where it's an early reader and, and it's rhyming. Oh yeah, no wait, I wrote the second one too. So yes, I guess it really is like a rhyming series. Um, I so wanted to forget. ask you about that one because I saw the announcement. So congratulations. But also I oh, saw that, so each book is supposed to contain three and a half stories. Is that right? Oh, oh wait, okay, cat, so you're talking about, rat? yeah, that's Bat, Cat, and Rat, and that, that is a lesson in, like, dude, never give up, okay, because that one, that one is, like, old enough to, like, be back-talking me, okay, like, that series, I think I've been writing that for, like, I think you just got the first idea, like, 12 years ago or something it was like forever ago and and I've gone through a couple of revisions on it and um and we just we weren't it wasn't hitting right and we weren't finding like the right editor and uh and it just it just wasn't but but we both believed in it so this is this is the importance of a great agent too so my agent Scott was like no I really you know he's like this is here this is here just it needs tweaks it needs vision it needs you know and so we just kept trying and every couple of years we dust it off we look at it again and stuff and then all of a sudden it just clicked so uh Alan Johnston at, at Beach Lane Books which is a uh, imprint of Simon and Schuster yeah she she's and she's on my like you know like oh my gosh editor wish list right like I always wanted to work with her I saw her speak at like a New York conference for a CBWI and I was like she is genius and oh my gosh if I ever have something that I think would click and got it to her and boom so yeah so that's Bad Cat and Rat three and a half stories um and it's about roommates so Bad Cat and Rat are roommates and they get a cozy house together and then they realize that, you know, living with others takes work, right? Like everyone has their own personalities, their own likes, their own dislikes, and their own way of like living in a home. And this is so funny because I really wanted to capitalize on the idea of they are friends, of course, but they're also roommates. They're not family. They're not related. They're not in relationships. They're they're roomies, right? They're all the roomies and they're trying to respect each other's spaces and ideals and feelings and and what they like. Um, and yes, so it is three and a half stories in each book. Um, I just turned in the second one and um, and this will be fun. And Mark T, 
Teague, who does the amazing, you know, How Dinosaurs dot 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 books, uh, you know, with with Gene Yolen. I mean, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, so he's he signed on to illustrate this project and completely over the moon. Like I'm cool. a huge, huge, huge fan. There's nothing he can't do. And the illustrations for this, you guys. So he, he, he was given the project to review and he goes, yeah. He's like, I'm, I'm in, I see it. And he immediately dummied the first book. Like oh, somehow wow. in like, 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 I'm like just days, just like it was just boom. Right. The, here's yeah. the entire book. And the illustrations and the characters are so charming. Like I'm literally walking around the house. I can't stop looking at them. So I finally put Bat, the character, as like my splash screen on my phone. So every time I pick up my phone to like check the time or check messages, I see that and I go, oh, and it happens every time. I look at my phone like 200 times a day and every time I'm like, oh, and then like my family's like, You've never even put our pictures as your splash screen. Like, what's going on here? I'm like, look at that. He's so good. He's like, you can I show? Because this is not being appropriate. Okay, wait, wait. How do you bleep a visual? Oh, my God. Wait, up a little higher. Oh, it's so Okay. Yeah, perfect. Oh. I know. So I'm so very excited about that project. Yes, but that one is not rhyming. The rhyming series, I can't. I guess I can't talk about it because it's not been announced yet. Oh, um, okay. It literally just happened. Yeah. So, but um, but really, really fun. And so, so early readers are hilarious. Like they're they're amazing, fun, brain mental, twisty thing because you're working with such a small pool of words. And this is coming from someone who writes very short picture books as it is. You know, um, you have even smaller words, and they're shorter words and words. And yes, it's nice if they rhyme, and it's nice if they all contain like some of the same letters so that littles who are learning to read can have confidence in doing that. So um, wait, do I have another early? Oh, I do. Yeah. And then I have another early reader series that, um, oh, I can't talk about that at all because that isn't going to either. Okay. But um, yes, but it's so many, much fun. Too so many deals. Oh, so well, many you know what it is? exciting I'm, news. Well, it, the whole thing is avoidance because for years since we moved into this house, we've been to this house, I think like eight or nine years ago, I've been supposed to clean out a room and make it my office. And instead I keep avoiding it. So I just sit down and write another book. And that's totally what it is. Like I, I'm scared of the mess that this room has become. So like right now I'm in my husband's office. This is like his nifty headset and his chair and his background and everything because I have not cleaned out my own office yet. And so I'm writing at the kitchen table or I'm writing at the dining room table or I'm writing on the couch because like we moved in and then I was busy promoting something at the time um i don't remember what books it was maybe it was unicorn maybe it was shark no that would be too late but anyway and so this room just kind of became i would shove everything in the room like all my promo things and my bookmarks and my stickers and my you know like all the fun stuff from books and then it also became like okay now we shove our gloves and our winter stuff in there and okay we're gonna shove the you know well if you're not using the office then we will shove this in there and then before i knew it i couldn't open the door and so <laughs> so i have i have now cleaned out like half of it and i need to and then i need to paint but i have so next year's going to be busy so next year will be like maybe I think it's at least three books next year and then the following year will maybe be four books or something wow. and so I had a lovely I want to be chat just with like Amy my... Dykeman when I grow up 
No, no, you don't. It's chaos. Uh, <laughs> no, um, no, I'm, I'm first and foremost, absolutely very, very lucky to have amazing agents and editors and designers and team publicists, everybody like pulling all this stuff together. And then the most supportive family ever, like they totally get it for the, yeah, mom burned dinner or let's grab pizza. Cause mom, you know, you can see the smoke coming from her head right now. She's in full on thinking thoughts mode, you know, yeah. um, we'll go ahead and sacrifice this room for your creative process. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> But no, yeah. I am cleaning out. I'm very proud. I you can see floor, which is a great improvement. Um, and so I do. I have till like January ish. Like my publicist said, okay, you know, now is when you get sleep, and now is when you chill, and then like third week of January is when we'll start amping up some stuff. So I really need to have that room done before. Unfortunately, <laughs> now we're coming up on like Thanksgiving and Christmas, and everybody in my family was born at the end of the year, which is insane. Oh, I'm like, snap. what? I'll group all your birthdays together. Um, yeah, so so all that. So, but I will get it done. I will get it done, and it'll be cute, and it'll be fun, and I'll have things and props and everything that I could just grab and hold up to littles and do school visits like virtually and so. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I, well, I, the lesson here too is anyone who is listening to this and likes to procrastinate. I mean, it works for Amy Dykeman. She has <laughs> left an entire room <laughs> to, yes, to sit and has just written a bunch of best-selling books. So. So that is the advice that that's the takeaway from this podcast. <laughs> well, I mean, there, there absolutely is like, you should, you know, as much as possible when you're, when you're writing muse is like, come on, let's go sit and write. You know, why does he sound like, like, <laughs> like yeah, I know. Oh, I have an evil writing muse. I know. <laughs> uh, but yeah. But when you're writing muse is like, Put off something it's really time. important. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's like, shh. Ignore everyone and take up the pencil, you know, the sharp, pointy pencil. Oh, no, you don't need to like stir the pot. Right. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be the clip at the beginning of the podcast, the begin, like the opening. Oh, no! People are going to be like, what is, what are we listening to? <laughs> Just grab the pencil. Let's take a break for some reviews. Brenna's review for this week is The Big Red Rock by Jess Stockham, which is another new one for me. The text is sparse and funny, the illustrations are bright and animated, and this book teaches the very important lesson about getting out of your own way, something I can stand to learn. The most poignant line in the book is from the main character, Biff, who sits down in front of the Big Red Rock and says, can you move Big Red Rocks? This one is in my way. A whole cast of imaginative characters come to help our main character, but in the end, he figures out that the rock was never really in his way at all. John's review this week is for How to Eat a Book by Mrs. and Mr. McLeod. John's already a sucker for anything Silversteinian, but this book, uh, I would have said Shelley, anything Shelley, uh, but this book goes well beyond unique imagery with his clever story and imaginative themes. There actually isn't too much that can be said about the story without revealing too much of its wonderful plot, but it's clear that once you find out how to eat a book, you'll never go back to simply and my review this week is for Alice McGinty's A Bathe the Cat, illustrated by David Roberts, which you should not read if you want your child to go to sleep in the middle of the book. It will not work for that purpose. For all other purposes, however, it's a super fun romp through a chaotic chore day getting ready for Grandma's visit. 
We've got two dads, a chaotic baby, a girl in a dinosaur costume, and a cat who keeps messing up the list of chores in hilarious ways. This is a book that's had our family chuckling, chuckling, chuckling well after we've closed it. The concept is relatable and golden, and the clean but chaotic illustrations make it shine. Pick up all three of these books. As for our shout outs this week, I want to make sure and take a moment to acknowledge a big uh, team Versi achievement that you may have seen if you're on Twitter or Instagram or even Facebook recently. Our own Brenna Jenneret, co-host of this podcast, has announced her wonderful deal for her debut picture book to come out next year. It is a wonderful message to send. Uh, The title is The Law of Birthdays. It is all about bodily autonomy set in a setting that is filled with sweet looking cake and medieval kings. And I just can't, I can't wait for the world to see it and read it and experience it. I am very proud of you, Rena. You have worked so hard on getting to this point and uh, it's going to be a wonderful book to have out in the world. So with that, um, make sure and read Brenna's book when it comes out, if you happen to read this next year, but also uh, go and review your favorite book as reviews are the best way to get a, an author's work out into the world and in front of more and new eyes. So now back to Amy Dykeman's verse. Um, yeah, but no, you have to listen because how many times has this happened to you guys, right? When you're, you're, you get a little idea and you're like, oh, but I'm, I, I'm busy now or I can't. And you go back to it and it doesn't feel the same. Like, even if you, you know what I mean? If you're, if you're like, even later that day, you're just like, I'm going to come back to it. Sometimes you have to work with the energy in the moment. You know what I mean? So, oh, I see a puppy. Oh, I feel so this is the podcasters. You can't see the puppy, but I can see the puppy. Amy, this is the inspiration for pets now. <laughs> oh, look how cute is your dog? Oh my gosh! Oh, thank you. I want a dog. Oh, I've never uh-huh. had a dog, so I don't know Here's about. The, oh, really? Yeah, the gremlin's going. Get a dog. You don't yes, need to write yes, any more books. Dog, <laughs> oh, how cute are they? They're complicated. Yeah. Are they? Oh, yeah. are, are dogs complicated? If you get a puppy, they are, they're complicated. They are a lot of Brennan work. Brennan and I both have puppies right now. Mm-hmm. Really? Oh my gosh! Yeah. yeah. No, I've I'm, I've never had my own. I mean, like my family had dogs, and we did have puppies, but um, but I've never had to. You know, it's all on you, kid. You know, like take care of one. <laughs> I don't know. I would have to learn. I'm, I'm a cat. I mean, I love all animals, so I I can't say I'm a cat person because I love all animals. But um, but I've always had that cats. comes out in your books. That you love all animals, I think. Oh, yeah. I love having animals in my books. And and, I mean, animals in books are just, you know, they're just kids and they're just people and they're just, you know, but but we allow them to have bigger, more unfiltered emotions. And it's okay because they're a little, you know, so if you have a bear, you know, you know, it's really a toddler or a grown up going, you know, it's the same, but, but for some reason it's more palatable when it's a bear, but come on, we're, we're all bears, you know, we're all bears, we're all rabbits or we're all, you know, whatever. So bats and cats and rats and all those good guys. Wait. Oh yeah. So I wanted to circle back. So how do you how do you have a half a story at the end? Is it like a cliffhanger where it's like three and a half and then it leads into the, the series? Or like how is it how is it three and a half stories? Because I read that and I was like, what? 
Yes, it's a little, it's a little story. So, I mean, they're all little stories because it's a, you know, it's an early reader and, um, and they're short stories and you're working with small and repeated concepts and words and everything, but everything weaves together and comes back around and this mirrors that and this mirrors that and everything bookends and, you know, the end. Um, so for the first book, yes, the half story is at the end. Um, and it's, it's playing off of themes that we had in the beginning and how do we get here, et cetera. And so you see everyone come back to um, both visually and kind of like emotionally the place where we start. So, so that okay. is the half story there. Then for the, the second book, I'm like, I don't want the half story to be at the end because I've already done that. So now I'm going to make it harder. So I think the half story came between stories two and three and it involves only one character and you think they're doing something and you're like oh no you little brat you know like shame on you you shouldn't be doing that but it turns out actually the big reveal is that they've done something incredibly selfless especially for this character and very sweet and so Aww. that was that was very fun placing that little half story but um but half stories have been done before there was um I think it was Mo Williams, Amanda and her alligator. I think it was nine and a half stories. Um, oh, okay. And I know someone else has done a half story too. So the concept has been has been out there. And I thought okay. that was really, really fun. Sometimes you're just too tired to read a whole story. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of the concept of a half story. So when I saw the announcement, yeah. I was so intrigued. Like, what what does that mean? You know, like yeah. that, yeah, very think- cool. I think Mo was the most recent one. I, I swear I've read someone else did it as well, though. And I think it's it's so fun, you know, like, or if it's like, you know, half stories or, you know, three stories and a joke or, you know, something like that. It's like that little extra bit takeaway. So, but we'll yeah. see. We'll see. I, I need I need to get editor feedback on the, the second story because I just turned that in recently. So we'll see. Hopefully it works as well as I think it will, but we'll see. <laughs> you know, now that you're saying it though, Mo Willems with his um his uh squirrel books, like that whole series, like Frustrating Squirrel right. and all of those. So we read the frustrating book last night, and so I'm reminded of it. He okay. does the um like at the end of the story, there's always the corny jokes, like with the acorn and the so it's like a whole play on like corny. So that's also sort of like a half, right? Because it's got all the same characters yeah, yeah. and then it's just a joke, but it's sort of like a like a cap to the end of the story yeah so maybe that's maybe that's also how people use it is just like sort of a joke with the characters yeah okay i'm gonna start looking for those now i must i must read these i mean mo's amazing of course and and squirrels right squirrels are one of my favorite things so yeah i have to check that out yeah did you bring that up on purpose because of amy's because I have a thing with squirrels. Yes, so (laughs) so squirrels are absolutely our buddies, especially during like you know the lockdown and stuff. But we do we have we're blessed to have a a just herd. I guess I don't know what's a group of squirrels called a herd. I don't know. Um, But we we do have have squirrels. I don't know. Nice. We have an. Oh, maybe it's a scurry. Is it a nut house? All right, I'm gonna keep going. I'm gonna look it up. Absolutely. 
absolutely of course but yeah so we have we have a bunch of squirrels and we were we were very intent on like okay like you know there's you know you're home inside there's nothing to do let's let's feed our squirrels and uh and they got very very bold they, they would come right up and take nuts out of your hands and and just oh, wow. hang out um once we had one come in the house and that was not we're like oh no <laughs> um you out there but um but we also have foxes and then the foxes in our and especially in our yard area um started to learn that that the squirrels come up on the deck and we didn't want any accidents with you know we are feeding this group and we don't want then this group feeding that group um yeah on our deck we understand it happens in the wild but we didn't want to be responsible for that um and so we had to stop feeding them all on the deck so i don't have the the adorable funny close-up you know little guys but anymore uh, and then we just we, we were we were concerned about the squirrels um so we don't yeah we don't do that concerned anymore, about but. starting a miniature food chain on your yes, property yes, exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly but we we love our foxes they're great we did have we had one chase a squirrel right up onto the deck and the door was open and we barely got the door shut in time or we would have had both squirrel and fox in the house and it probably oh would ended badly for at least somebody in that equation and uh we don't yeah. want that we love our animals so yeah so we had to kind of take a step back i think we were we were erring a little bit on messing with nature um so now we just admire them from afar and uh yeah yeah uh, but we do we we just saw one of our foxes the other day and who loves to come in our yard and pee on literally everything and if you've ever smelled fox pee it is the stinkiest thing in the world so at uh, least this one does that we had one that would poop in our driveway and we did not know why <laughs> but i know i'm like we don't even have a dog and i'm out there like with the little baggies kind of and do. everything yeah, i'm right. like this is not acceptable uh, and that is that is yeah that is the worst smell on the planet it's so bad that they were just like leaving messages to each other and staking out territory and you know this is my bush and no this is my bush and yeah so in our house we call that p-mail yes yes oh, there nice. was there was much p-mail much p-mail so oh but yeah we just saw one the other day so but they're fun i i absolutely i love living in a place where like the wildlife comes to you and it's just stories baby it's just Watch them, observe them, see what they do, make up voices for them. And then before you know it, you've written a book. So don't let them in the house or you'll have a completely separate story. Yeah, that this is, is another reason not to clean that room though, right? Because now you're forced to go out onto the deck and write stories in your head about the squirrels and the fox and the P-mail and the, yes. right? <laughs> Exactly, exactly. No, I, I have to clean the room. It's almost there. So maybe Littles will hear this and be like, see, it's not just me who has a messy room. But we did joke about a messy room in, in um, on one of the pages in How Dinosaurs Went Extinct, too. Like right at the end, there's, you know, and all the rest of the dinosaurs didn't clean their rooms and got buried. And that's how they <laughs> so, um, yeah, so hopefully we'll teach kids to not do all those things yeah. you know, and keep them safe. I, but, I, I have a question. So no, yes. are we... We, which is my job as a podcaster to have a question. So I don't need to be so declarative of it, but um, so transitioning into it, like a, like a serious or question about funny picture books. We talk to a lot of people who, who, I don't know how we stumble upon so many nonfiction writers, but it's a, it's a big contrast from how Brenna and I approach writing. And I find myself wishing that when I sit down to write that I started from character. Um, but I start from concept and I don't know. I'm curious if you, if you have the same situation where you 
you back into character and you back into the lovable, the, the lovable scamps from either the um, silly boobies concept or the frustrated dad concept. How do you go about like breaking stories? Oh, um, so I, maybe it's from watching so much TV when I was a kid, but I will literally see a scene in my head. So I'll see a picture and then I'll build the story around it. So um, with Boy and Bot, my first book about there's a boy, a, a robot, a friendship. The first thing I saw in my head was, okay, what if a boy and a robot are playing and they're rolling down the hill, <clears throat> excuse me, they're rolling down a hill and then the robot's power switch on his back gets rolled off, he gets turned off. And that was literally, I saw that picture, like a robot at the bottom of the hill and he's not moving and the kid's like, what happened? We were just playing, What you know, what's going on? And so I saw that image and I'm like, hey, that's funny. Um, usually, usually I'll come up to someone and go, hey, you know, it'd be funny. And then that starts everything. That starts the whole book, but I'll, I'll, I'll have like an idea for something that's funny or I'll actually like literally see it in my head of just like one scene. But then you have, you know, but how'd I get here? Like, okay, so there's a kid and a robot. How does the kid not know it's a robot or how does he not know that would happen if a switch gets turned off or, you know, like how do they meet in the first place? And then that's how the book happened. So Horrible Bear was that way too. Cause, um, well actually that one was based on a real life thing. So I had a kite, it was like a kite day, like community kite day. And I had a brand new kite and I was so stoked on my kite. It was one of those like black shark kites, if you've ever Ooh. seen those. And so they look like, <laughs> yeah, I've, you, I've always had a thing for sharks. I love sharks. So, um, so it was a black shark kite and it's family kite day or something. And we just got our my kite flying and the string broke. And my kite literally just went sailing away. And we all started chasing. We're running after it. My, this is like my parents and my my boyfriend at the time who became my husband guy. Um, he chased my kite. So of course I had to marry him, right? Uh, and so we're all like running after the kite as fast as we can. And we just lost sight of it. Like it just literally disappeared. And I always wondered, I'm like, what happened to my kite, right? And so thinking about that, I must have been thinking about that that day. And I'm like, well, what happened to my kite? Like maybe it went into a cave and it woke up a bear or something, right? And then boom, that then becomes the story. So usually it's like a funny, you know, I see something funny in my head or like I go, ha, you know, it'd be funny. And then before you know it, you're writing a book because you have to answer all those questions but how but then you know but but what happened next you know but why how did they feel you know that kind of thing so so you get a funny idea or a funny picture in your head sit down and write all the questions about like okay but how did we get here you know and and what will happen next and how can I sell this book no <laughs> yeah, right. that one. <laughs> Amy do you do you still use a critique group or do you have critique partners or do you mostly just sort of like critique like via your agent and editors uh, yeah so um so I used to get a lot of feedback with Skibwe right because you're you know you're taking things to first page sessions and like you know fall workshops and and that kind of thing um and then I did have a critique partner um, for a couple of years, actually. And so we were basically like a two person critique group and we would like literally everything. 
like down to the comma. Like, what do you think of this? And what do you think of this? And then they didn't want to work together anymore. Um, oh. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So I got dumped. Oh. I got friends dumped. <laughs> um, and it, it really stunk. Ouch. And it was very, yeah. yeah, it was very hard. And I'm, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, oh don't know it was it i don't was even the know throughput. if they're still writing actually yeah. i don't i don't know what's up with them i oh, not that's a i bummer. mean i'm totally not trying to be mean or anything but i no, haven't yeah. heard anything about like their books or if they're still doing this or yeah. if they i don't know moved to tijuana or something i don't know like i have no that idea happened, um, it happened to a critique partner of mine although it was it it wasn't as it didn't feel as personal because there were four of us in the group but she just sort of like uh-huh. disappeared and we were like, I, has anyone heard from her? What happened? Like, is she still writing? We don't know. So, right. yes, yeah, the same thing. I, you know, I always, I wonder, like, because it's not like this is an easy business to be in, you know, like so much rejection, so much revision, so much, oh, yeah. you know, so unless you, right, unless you really, really love it, I can see how it would be easy to be like, oh, yeah, it'd be cool to, fu- to like write a book. I could, I could totally do that. And then you, you try and it's actually a lot harder than you thought. And you're not totally invested yeah. to, you know, so at some point you're just like, eh, you know, like I've got this other stuff not, to do. Yeah, you know right. what I mean? So that's, that's kind of what I think happened to her. So I don't know, you know, to, be sympathize bad. i guess <laughs> it still stings though it yeah i'm sorry i don't mean like that particular person i mean rejection in general it's yeah there's oh like yeah you said like this this business it's rejection every day and it should be honestly like like people are like oh i got a rejection i'm like you should you should be getting rejected i got four rejections last week right mm-hmm. and or in maybe it was this week you know like who knows like it, you should you should because it, rejections mean that you're working you're writing it's getting out it's being seen and literally it it really is it sounds it's always sounds like an editor's trying to let you down gently when they go well it's not you know it's it's not right for a list or we have the you know or well hopefully you don't get the it's not right for a list because hopefully you're you're researching and making good matches but things that editors are looking for in their lists change all the time like it can literally be you know, you, you've done all your research and you've read all their comp titles and you, you know, you've checked their manuscript wish list and you stalk them on Twitter <laughs> and everything else. And then just something like literally something can happen like overnight in a house where all of a sudden they're going to focus on a different genre, or maybe they just signed something up that's too similar and you wouldn't know because it hadn't been announced yet, you know, like all these reasons, but, but don't ever be like, oh no, rejection, because that means you're out there, baby. And that's what you're supposed to be doing. You know, it's that's that's it's good. Rejections like are good. It's almost like you're like you're still alive as a writer, right? Like you're still yeah. out there, like doing it. Like you're you're still like producing and like moving forward. Yeah, yeah. Justin, right. who you- Josh said we just talked to last week, he said that he likes to think of rejection, like every rejection, as a redirection, right? Because it's right. you can think of it in a different way than like this is a redirection in terms of you know plot or being funny or voice or point of view or whatever it is. And it's important to think about it like that. And if you don't agree with the redirection, that's, you know, that's fine too. That's another thing, but at least you're, at least you're out there and you're doing it. So that's a good point. Totally. Yeah. I saw, I saw this, but in fact, I I commented on his post. I'm like, yeah. And tequila helps too. Uh, (laughs) For every rejection, baby, you get to have a tequila shot. Okay. And then you don't care. Like I literally, I did. I got three 
three rejections in a day. And by the end of the day, I didn't care anymore. So <laughs> it was great. And <laughs> your yeah, office then- continues to go on. <laughs> Because of the te- tequila guys, intake. I'm going to work on it this week. I promise. And you know what? When I finally get it done, that is going to, you're going you're gonna to get sick of all of the pictures in my office that I post. So you're like, look what I did, you guys. I finally got it done. But, I was yeah, going to say, yeah. please post. Yeah, keep us updated. Right, right. Like, you'll put I, your I sh- office picture as the, the cover image for this episode. Ah, no, no. I, I was going to take a before picture, but it was so bad. I mean, no, it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't terrible. You could actually get in there and walk around and stuff, but it was, it was like, oh, yeah, okay. So there's a lot of stuff. It'd be like, like came back from this event and, you know, from other events too, like, like festivals and whatnot. And, but I mean, come on, you guys, we've been home for two years. I, I had time, but the thing is, you know, so, so everybody dealt with like the lockdown and everything differently. And people are like, well, what'd you do? And I'm like, well, I, I sat and wrote. Because that was like, writing's always been full of escapism, especially when you literally, you know, for a while, like you couldn't go outside. It was like, but if I sit down and I actually get off my butt and I write, I can go anywhere. So, so that's what I did. I was just trying, you know, I was playing with stories and ideas and writing and writing and writing. And um, yeah, now I'm going to pay for it next year. Like now for the next two years, I'm not going to get any sleep at all. But, <laughs> um, but, but it's worth it, baby. It's all good. It's all fun. And yeah. These are good problems to have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, luck, luck, and great teams and support systems. And but very excited to bring you guys like a whole bunch of like goofy and funny and hopefully sweet and learning and you know I'm learn so something excited. while you're laughing stories. So thank you, thanks. Yeah. So Amy, just before just before I forget and before it escapes my brain, I wanted to let you know. So my husband does is not in the picture book community like he you know outside of me like he doesn't write he doesn't write he doesn't write picture books he's an IT guy right so we read a lot yeah but we read a lot of picture books with my son his all-time favorite picture book is Dandy he loves that book loves it that one is like one of our all-time favorites so I just yeah I just wanted you to know it's like it's so spot on with the dad and he so wants this want to be groomed, but there's this one dandelion and the kid just like the friends. It's so sweet and so well done. We love that one. Thank you. Well, that was, that was, Dandy is also a real life book. So Dandy is absolutely 100% our old neighborhood. So, oh, that's so, um, funny. so this, is, this is our second house here in Jersey. Our first house it was it was the absolute best place for our little one to grow up in because we all we all had babies like at the same time so there were literally five kids born within three months of each other on our street okay oh, wow. so it was literally yeah it was something in the water baby uh, but no it was it was everybody was like was growing up at the same time and and the houses were you know like very close to you it was the first house so you know you just have little lawns little spaces the homes are close together you know here's your row of houses and then across the street is the other row of houses so everyone's looking at everyone else's front lawns and not to be sexist because anyone could be interested in lawn care but in our particular neighborhood the daddies were very 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 into their lawns and we call them like the lawn warrior daddies because at the first sign of a dandelion it was war okay and it was war on the dandelions and it was it was a communal war on the dandelion they all agreed like there was one dandelion and if we don't do something it'll be on my lawn and we have to eradicate it and they would 
all work together. And, and there was this enormous peer pressure too, because what if the first dandelion came up and you were incredibly busy that weekend and you couldn't go out and attack the dandelion? And then it was kind of like, hey, you know, Jim, I saw a dandelion on your lawn the other day, you know, like that kind of thing. And so this whole concept of peer pressure, which we normally think of as among like children, right? To each other, among daddies, it was hilarious. And then to watch them all, like literally they would coordinate their efforts. They would rent like these big like rototillers from like, I don't even know, some sort of like tractor supply store or something. And it would be like, yeah, okay, Jack so let's get things done. Yes, yes. And then Josh Jesson, he probably knows the dude too, you know? Like, the lawn, yeah, what, I, what was the term that you used? The lawn? Lawn warriors? warriors? The lawn warrior daddies has, that's that term, uh, ascribing (laughs) that term to that group has made me so glad that I have let my yard go wild. (laughs) Not that I don't love the term, but it's so, it's such a perfect way to sort of embody that, that, that bit of toxic masculinity. That's what you're supposed to do now. Well, the the funny thing, like, wasn't even, it wasn't even like, like super macho. It was just that they all did it. It was all, it was their jam. And Mm -hmm. you had to have the nice, you know, perfect lawn. Like they were all like kind of competing on a level, which was really funny because all the daddies in our neighborhood all did completely different things. Like, you know, like, like, you know, we had like a firefighter and, you know, my, my guy's a scientist and, you know, and we had an auto body shop owner and we have, you know, like, like a dairy manager, like all different things, but they all kind of agreed that this was their jam. Like lawn care was their total jam, whether you were a house, everything was perfect or, yeah, or we were a little more casual, you know, but the lawns, the lawns were the big thing. And yeah, no, nowadays, no, you're supposed to let everything go wild and, and, you know, provide cover for birds and insects and pollinators and all that. But this was, you know, the spark of this idea was when all the kids were little. Um, And so, yeah, so the kids would be, you know, the daddies didn't want us like picking dandelions and blowing them, but all the little kids wanted do that right and i want to do that it's fun so we had a rule even that you had if you were going to blow a dandelion you had to literally stand in the middle of the street which is not great (laughs) advice for little kids right but you were allowed to stand in the street and blow the dandelion because then it could basically go everywhere we weren't allowed to pick one in somebody's yard and blow because then it would just make more dandelions but yeah so we're all standing in the middle of the street honk honk right blowing dandelions but no so it was it was absolutely based on all the daddies my my own husband guy included um in our old neighborhood and the yearly it's war on the dandelion thing so the funniest so um charles santosa so i actually i literally requested him for this this manuscript i love love his illustrations yeah oh yeah he's absolutely the best and i mean i say requested because you know it's 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 a whole process when they're selecting an illustrator, when a publisher selecting an illustrator and the design group and the editor and everything. But occasionally they will ask, you know, the author like, hey, so is there anybody you actually, you know, you like really see for this? Um, so Jen Harney was another like, you know, I'm like, oh, she would be perfect. You know, can we see if she's available? You know, like that kind of thing. Um uh, but Charles, absolutely, like he, he, we've been playing on Twitter online. Like I would write my like silly little goofy poems and ideas and stuff, and he would draw them online. And so we already knew that we could work with each other that oh, way. And cool. I was such a fan of his work. And so when they said, well, do you have anybody in mind? And I'm like, well, I would, I think Charles would be amazing. And could you see if he's available? And boom, and he did it. And it, it was, it was more perfect than I ever could imagine. But the funniest thing was, was talking with Charles about like, like when I say lawn warrior, 
your daddies. And so I have like this image in my head of like, you know, the outfit, like, you know, it has to, I'm, I'm, I'm explaining like, I'm like, if possible. And it's all, you know, it's always like the illustrator, it's, it's their choice and everything, but, but he had like an illustration for very proper, like, like coveralls, like kind of like a British gardener. You know what I mean? Like, like what you oh, think yeah. of like a old tiny, like British gardener. And I'm like, Oh, oh I, I so, okay. So Charles was, um, I think he was in Australia then. And I think now he's in Singapore. And so I'm trying to explain cool. about like, like, you know, American daddies are usually like, you know, the t-shirt or maybe if they're fancy, the polo, t- you know, and then it ha- I'm, like, I'm like cargo shorts. He's like, really? I'm like, yeah, it's totally cargo shorts, man. Like the more cargo, the shorts, the better for, lo- for mowing these lots. Like that's like the jam. He's like, okay. So, and then he did it and everything was, was spot on. Like just, just all of his expressions and everything. But that was the funniest kind of thing. Like, cause you don't, you don't think about like when your friend is like thousands and thousands of miles away and you're like, oh yeah. Okay. So like, this is like, I'm like, should I go out and take photos of our lawn daddies? Like when they're, you know, but no, I mean, like, really got it. yeah, yeah, no, but he's, totally. he's so good. So all you have to do is, you know, say it was like, oh no, it's like, like it's more like cargo shirts. I got it. Okay. No problem. That was the funniest. It was like, it was like that vastly like different, you know, like, like, oh, gardening. I'm like, oh, no, 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 baby. It's like, you know, crack a beer while you're, you're mowing the lawn, you know? Well, I love the notion of, of like a British version or Australian version of Dandy that he does where it's, oh, we're having tea. Let's pour our tea on the It was very styly. It was very proper. It, was, it looked like that would be your gardening out. You know what I mean? Like your gardening outfit. And I'm like, and I'm like, oh no, we're like American lawn. It's like, you know, it's cargo shorts, baby. But again, again, and that vision, that vision would have been amazing too. Like there's there's no wrong way to to illustrate something. But oh, yeah. I was like, th- just knowing that, like, I'm like, this was the dynamic that that we witness, I'm like, I think that this will probably connect with the readership. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm saying yeah. on where your daddy's and you've got an image in your head and you're laughing and you're like, yes, I, I know this. And so that was, that was the only thing is just like, you know, thousands of miles and, you know, I'm writing it from the neighborhood, <clears throat> excuse me, where it happened. And Charles at the time was like living like in a high rise, you know, like fancy apartment building. And I'm like, the, the difference there was, you know, I'm like, it was, it was just simply like, like I looked out my window and I saw this kind of thing. And then he's like, oh yeah, totally got it. No worries. No worries. All. But literally awesome. every illustration still brings tears to my eyes and makes me laugh just how perfect they are. Like he just absolutely rocked it. Absolutely nailed it. Love those characters. Love the story. It's so good. And I see them everywhere I go. Now I'm like, ah, oh, lawn where your daddy. Oh, it's uh-huh. oh there they are. <laughs> He, I love yeah. his illustrations. He illustrated um, Peanut Butter and Brains also, which yes. I think is just hilarious. And then the sequels thereof, which are just, yes. they're so good. And um, I don't like Koala. If you, if oh, you know yes. Book, it's, yes. It's hilarious. I, that, that one just makes me cry. It's that so book, funny. Yeah, so, that book is great. I love that one too. Yeah. yeah. yeah Easier for him brilliant. to sort of embody and, and, and reference <laughs> if it's Koala. <laughs> Look at all these wonderful people I get to work with. Oh yeah, and the funniest was 
was for years, for some reason, I had Charles's weather on my phone because of the time difference in Australia. So like if we wanted to talk, just like even just like, hey, buddy, how you doing? Or or you know, talking about the book or talking about like a promotion thing or something. I had to make sure I wasn't like bing waking him up or something. So for years and years I had his you know, I had like you know the weather in Sydney at this time, you know, on my phone. But I I think he's still in Singapore now. I haven't I actually haven't chatted with him in a little bit, but I think he's still in Singapore. Um, which again, another time difference, right? The time difference thing is crazy when you're trying to like, you know, like, oh, hey, let's talk, you know, or or like, let's do a Zoom and, you know, like chat about this or whatever. And then it's like, wait, your time, my time. And especially when you, when you make books, as you guys probably know, you could be anywhere in the world. So it's, you know, it could literally be, like I said, you know, different time zone. I'd be like, Charles, you're calling from the future. It's tomorrow there, you know? I mean, especially if you're a night owl, that works out for right. you it's, nicely. It's Exclusively yeah. uh, uh, Asia Pacific yes. <laughs> illustrator relationships. Yes, yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> but well, Amy, we are already like past an hour. I just want to say thank you so much right. for your time. We, I mean, I was so delighted that you said that you would come on the podcast. Oh, you are one of my sure, all-time favorite sure. picture book authors, oh, and we just. Gosh. Especially since Josh and I both write funny, like silly, just like out there concepts. Like you, you know, you're out there and doing it and selling those books. And we just are like, it makes us feel good. You know, like it's possible. Like people will buy hey. our weirdo stuff no, one day. You know, you guys. Absolutely. Keep, please keep working. I, I wanted to talk about your journeys. I wanted to talk about like where you were and how you were doing and what you've got going on. And I can perfectly you- embody my journey. I comp to Tiny Barbarian in my Asian query letters. Oh my gosh. Oh, thank you so much. Wow. <laughs> wow. Oh, yay. Congratulations. Good luck with that. That's, that's rad. We're having fun with Tiny. We have, we just wrapped up the second one. So Tiny Barbarian conquers Tinier, Tinier, Tinier Barbarian. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So oh, awesome. Yeah, but oh, I'm flattered. Thank you so much. That's awesome. Yeah. Yay. Ashley's been amazing. Ashley Spires. She, again, on my illustrator wish list. So that was another running around so the room, cool. like when you hear the news. But yay. Hey. So, oh, wow. And Brenna. Like we've, we've, yeah. Yeah. So, what, yeah, oh. what do you have going on? I was going to say, well, I, yeah. So, I've always been a writer, but I've, but I did a lot of like, you know, odd side jobs like you had, like you had said, like I worked in wilderness therapy and I led glacier hikes and I lived in Korea for a while teaching English. And then I taught English in Japan to little dudes. And so, and then we moved to Portland and I spent time in Alaska and, um, yeah. yeah, Oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, Alaska is beautiful, but, and my husband and I lived in our van for a while. And so we've, you know, we've done a lot of, we've done a lot of, no one at all. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of traveling and I've always been a writer and I used to write more about um, climbing and, you know, adventuring. And then once I had my son, you know, parenting and adventuring and that kind of thing. And I had a podcast that I did and then that didn't work out because I really loved doing it. But then I didn't have any time to write, which is when Josh and I teamed up because he was doing a podcast and also didn't have any time to write. So so we teamed up. Now we have time to write and do a podcast. Um, And so, yeah, so now I'm just writing a bunch of picture books and um, I think I've been I've been writing picture books exclusively for like two years, and I've got an agent. Wow, I've got right stuff on. out on submission, and hopefully something yeah. sells soon. Oh, I don't know. You do? all, you know weird and out there, and I hope I hope they they make it onto a shelf. <laughs> 
Brenna's got an, 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 an Amy Dykeman uh, level of productivity. Not based on avoidance, though. <laughs> no, that's, that's great. Wow, you've got so much going on. And and being on sub, like, that's that's the neat thing because it could, you can get news anytime. Like, it can come, you know, like... You yeah, I have to not think about it, you know? So I have to just keep... I have to just write something else, you know? That's how I, like... That's how I avoid it. That's how I avoid thinking about submission. I completely understand. I completely understand. And remember, yeah. even if it's a no, like, you never know, like, it comes back. So it'll be like, well, this one wasn't perfect, or but they'll, they'll say, or can you revise this? And, like, I have yeah. one that went through, like, four different complete revisions like like basically it was like restarting it from scratch just with like a the concept of an idea and that one comes out next year so yeah, yeah it, it i know that's that's inspiring i i thank you so much for sharing you know that with us like that piece of it because you often don't hear about that you know like you're oh you're gosh. a big deal in the picture book community you know and people oh. just you kind of just assume because you've got all these deals and things are getting announced back to back and so you know it really looks like oh it's so easy for her like she just gets stuff oh published gosh, all the time no. but you know nobody knows the backstory which is part of why we do this podcast you know part of part of like <laughs> lifting the veil and like having people see like the process is real. It's not, everybody goes oh, through the same sure. stuff, you know, there's rejection yep. everywhere. So, I mean, thank you for sharing all that with us. It was, you know, oh, yeah. it's so no, inspiring. No, rejection is and- everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's not, it's not just all this shiny sparkly and it's, it's definitely like the, no, it's a pass or no, this is, you know, this is completely not me. You know, like sometimes you get very <laughs> yeah. direct, which is good. Because you should, you know, you should know that feedback, you know, but this is not, you know, it's not a match. It's not a fit. Didn't love it enough. And that's fine. That's good. You're supposed to, you're supposed to get this information. Keep at it. Keep making it better. funny. Sorry, I was just going to say funny, especially, right? Because it's so subjective. Like you have to find the editor who's not only looking for funny stuff, but your funny stuff. Because I love what Betsy Bird says about that. She's like, Everybody thinks a dead dog is sad, right? That's sad across the board. But right. not everybody is going to think your stuff is funny, right? It's You have a different reaction. Yeah. There are different levels of funny. There are different voices. There's different humors. There's different like, you know, pockets of things that people will think are hilarious. And not everyone agrees on that. So that's like especially hard. Yeah. I didn't know I, where I did that have... quote was going to go. I thought it was going to go <laughs> no. to a de- dead dogs are funny. <laughs> no, no. She just, I love the point that she makes, right? Because, or like, you know, a reunion with a long lost grandma, like everyone thinks that's heartwarming, right? Across the board, those emotions are pretty, you know, consistent. But when you try to be funny, right. that's that there's a lot of deviation I mean, in there. Yeah. So Yeah. Yeah. But if it, if it makes you laugh, hopefully it'll make everybody else laugh too. So yeah. yeah. So keep Agreed. <laughs> well, normally, normally this is the point of the conversation where we would ask where people can find you. I don't think that's a mystery. Twitter. I, I, I heard that there's some like strange stuff happening with Twitter, but I don't know. I, I just keep on trucking, baby. Like, I don't, I don't know, you know, whatever's going on. Despite the latest billionaire takeover, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, wait, a billionaire takeover? No. <laughs> like, I mean, you know what? Like, like, you know, okay. I mean, I, I, I'm upset if people are upset and that makes me sad. But at the same point, I'm going to just keep making my dumb little jokes and making my dumb little poems, and my dumb little observations and shouting books alike and just keep doing, you know? Yeah. So, 
Yeah. Agreed. So, all right, you guys, this was so much fun. I can't believe it's been over an hour. This is crazy. (laughs) Thank you so, so much for coming on. This was like (laughs) so much fun. I so appreciate it. And uh, yeah, best of luck. I'm, I'm going to keep looking and seeing and, and rooting for you guys. And, and please awesome. let me know when your books get signed up and I'll be shouting those too. Thanks for listening this week. Find all of our episodes and other associated links and information at linktree.com slash verse show. Or reach out to us on Twitter. Thanks again. And we'll see you next verse. Bye.